621 on a Friday morning, so happy Friday to everybody, including former federal cabinet minister Lisa Raitt. Nice to have your analysis this morning on The Morning Brief. Thank you, John. Good morning. Okay, so even I was somewhat surprised. We debated yesterday on our show all of the different revenue tools that Toronto could look at. It never occurred to me that the executive committee would say, all of them. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, when you're in a disparate situation, I suppose you took you look at any tools that you you possibly could uh, could use, and you're a little far away from election, right? And you told people that this is what you were going to do, so have at it. Let's see what ends up happening. Okay. It's going to be an interesting debate because uh, it was unanimous on executive committee. Mind you, that's kind of like cabinet. You know, everybody likes the mayor if they're on executive committee. Uh, Premier Indeed, Doug, that's true. Premier Doug Ford apparently taking a hit in the polls. Um, almost 60% of those polled said they think he favors his friends when he makes decisions. Um, that doesn't play well because that's not just, do you like the premier? It's, this is how I characterize the premier. It's an interesting polling question, and it kind of gets to what I would assume that the NDP and the Liberals would like to see is the ballot box question. Uh, do you know? Do you trust the Premier to look after your interests as opposed to his friends? Really damning for for any kind of a politician to have that accusation leveled at him. Again, we're a little bit away from an election, so it uh, there may be some time. But you know, with the RCMP looking into this, the problem with the RCMP looking into it isn't just the fact that it, it doesn't look good. It's a fact that they take a long time. So the cloud is going to be hanging out there for a long time, which gives so much latitude to the opposition parties to say basically anything they want to say about what's going on and to draw all kinds of conclusions that may not be actual conclusions. And that's the damning part. You just cannot stop it from happening because you, you have the investigation happening and it's in someone else's hands and they're not really known for, you know, the Mountie always gets their man, but it takes them a damn long time to get there. Yeah, they don't always get their man. They're too busy burning down barns sometimes, apparently. <laughs> Although that's ancient history, so I should leave them alone. Um, but I, I, I think you're absolutely right, Lisa, about that, because I still remember all the, the pundits and radio show hosts who, when there were investigations going into uh, Dalton McGinty and um, Kathleen Wynne, and they would just say, yep. this government is under three police investigations, yep. and two of them amounted to nothing. For sure. And we had the same thing happen federally in the in the Harper government. Investigations always were 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 always laid out as being something a lot more serious. And and the Trudeau government as well, SNC Lavalin. But in the case of SNC Lavalin, I just want to remind folks, it had nothing to do with how well they did at the polls at the next election. And I am your proof point on that one because even though I did lots of work on that file, I didn't get reelected by the people of Milton. Hmm. Uh, well, perhaps, you know, for the best in the long run, it seems like you're having a good time now. I'm pretty happy, John. I yeah. thank them every day. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of the fact that some Ukrainian refugees who came to Canada to get away from the war are now, you know, going home? It's a small amount if you take a look at it. And I think that's natural for people to long for where their families are, to long for where they grew up. And, and I, you know, I'm, I totally agree that uh, getting hit with the prices at grocery stores can be a bit shocking for people. And, and it's not easy when you lose your job. So I can fully understand why there's going to be some folks who do want to go home. And, and that's that I don't know how else more Canadian can you be than to say that you want to go back to the place you came from, even within the country. You know, I always gravitate towards Cape Breton. This is where I grew up.
Yeah, I can. I think we have this impression, mostly since the beginning of immigration to Canada, that you come here, you live here, you stay here, you die here. Um, but actually, it's not that uncommon. I mean, my uh, niece and nephew came here. They lived with us in our house for a year. They moved to High Park and then they decided, no, nah, we're getting out here. We're going back to Europe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a personal choice. It happens. Of course, the big elephant in the room is it's Ukraine. There's a war there. Yes. Boy, how bad must it be for you to want to go back to Ukraine? But for some people, that emotional pull is there and they would just rather take the risk of war in that part of the country than than live apart from what they uh, what they love. And I understand that. Toronto drivers spend 199 hours per year in traffic. That's the 13th worst amount of cumulative time amongst major cities in the world. I've been hearing this for 20 years. Yeah. Honest to gosh, haven't you? And I mean, it's frustrating. I commute from Milton into downtown Toronto. I think that number is probably low. <laughs> and you can say you're productive in the car. You're not productive in the car. There's only so much you can do safely. And it's it's infuriating. And for me, you know, it's we don't have as many transit choices out in Milton because we don't have all day two way go um, for a whole lot of reasons. So I can I can see this as being um, a productivity strain. I know the Toronto Board of Trade talked about it a lot. And for goodness sake, what are, what are we going to do about it? Like, how do we fix this kind of thing? I don't know if it's the same now that after post COVID, because a lot more people are embracing that that hybrid work style where they work two days from home and three days in the office. I certainly do that. Um, and that's a little bit less. And, and I tell you, I'm happier on the days I don't have to make the commute than I am on the days I make the commute. Oh, yeah. No, I went up to visit a friend in Perry Sound on the weekend and I left the cottage at 1030 in the morning and I ended up in bumper to bumper traffic for two hours on the uh, 400. It's insane. Yeah, and it also it is. kind yeah. of takes away all of the chill that you might have at a cottage. <laughs> so true. Okay. Exactly. So a Quebec company has bought an island with a cabin on it for its employees to go on getaways. And the owner of the company says he figures this is going to make it easier for him to recruit staff. You know what? I know of companies that um, I know of smaller companies. There's one in Ottawa, a friend of mine runs, and she does the same thing. She's got a condo in Tremblant and she lets her staff go to that condo when they want to go. And it's a it is a very popular perk and they enjoy it. And some people would never be able to go to um, a place like that to relax. And it is about mental health. It's about well-being. If you can afford it, if it works with the culture of your company, so be it. Go for it. I think that sounds great. Can a big corporation like Bell Canada do that? I don't know. No. I don't know if that's a, if that's a possibility. There's a lot of there's not enough islands out there. But you know what? When we were privately owned, Gary Slate from the Slate family um, worked in the building that I worked in, and he would come downstairs and he'd say, "Do you want to go see the basketball game tonight?" And I say, "Yeah," mm -hmm. and he'd hand me two basketball tickets. And you know, for him, that probably cost nothing because at the time they owned the Raptors. But for me, it was a lot more motivating than if he'd walked into the room and said, "Here's a thousand dollars." 100%. And I remember I worked at a place 25 years ago, did the same kind of thing. Chairman would come in and, and would offer to the to the guys who worked in the works department of the Port Authority if they wanted to go see a hockey game. I mean, they it would be the highlight for them to take their kid and they would talk about it for years. Those things matter. I think those are really interesting ways in order to motivate people and make them feel good about their culture. Have you seen Donald Trump's mugshot? 
Okay, listen, I know that he's up for lying about an awful lot, but for God's sake, John, the man is not 6'3 and 215 pounds. My son is 6'3 and 215 and is by far skinnier than Donald Trump is. So I don't know how he was able to monkey around with that piece of information. But I mean, that to me is the most egregious of all his lying so far. (laughs) Totally lied about his weight. Well, and it's sort of a a level of self-delusion or, you know, uh, public delusion that is crazy. Uh, everybody looks at yeah. him and knows he doesn't weigh 215 pounds. Not a chance. Maybe one of his legs does. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the picture is uh, scary, first of all. It's malevolent. Um, I don't know what he was giving or what director gave him direction on it. But the the whole thing is just lunacy. It, it that that I mean, I was at a dinner party last night. We watched it. Like, honest to God, except CNN didn't show his presser and Fox did. So I have no idea what he said as he got on his on his plane. But, you know, it was like watching OJ all over again. There goes the police car down the road and and you're waiting. And then you didn't really see anything. But we all waited for the mugshot. Mugshot appeared. Dinner ended. That was it. (laughs) Lisa, thanks a lot. Good to have you this morning. You bet. Lisa Raid is a former federal cabinet minister now in private practice in the financial industry. It's 630.